So the guy that sang with Ezekiel Al, I like it. I like it, Greg. You can turn it down there. I like it. Guy that sang with the, me this morning is a good friend of mine, Nate McCartney. He, they were here in the past. He led our worship. Um, God called them to another place, so that was fine. But I was really thankful that he came this morning to sing with me. He's very talented, and uh, I always enjoy singing with him. Um, and I am singing with him. He's not singing with me. He's, I'm singing with him, and he, he does a great, great job with all of that. Um, <clears throat> how many of you... Like the 30 degree weather, like 30 degree, yeah, yeah. I like the colder weather too, uh, except for when my heat pump goes out. So our heat pump has um, went out, it went out actually last weekend, but there's a part that we had to order. And when I say we, you realize I'm not the one working on it. Okay, so we ordered a part and it's going to come in sometime and they're going to come put it on, but... Some type of valve that's a reversal valve, but anyway. So we have these electric we have these electric um, heaters in our house now, and uh, if you want to have a a stock tip, Duke Energy, because <laughs> mine is going like this with with that electric heat. So so that's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> have you have you ever noticed? By the way, the title of the message is TYMK. It's out of place. Okay. So we did a series a while back called TYMK. This one fits this morning. Have you ever noticed that you have to have your ID to purchase certain items? Ever noticed that? Like, for instance, I don't know why, but Claritin D. Well, I do know why, but Claritin D. You have to go and you have to present your, your license because they're afraid that you'll get too much of it and then make some other drugs with it. Have we... I don't know if we've, we've thought this through, but if a guy continually to comes into your store and gets all of your Claritin D and makes it to the counter and purchase it, purchases all of it, he might be making something in his house. Oh, come on. So I'm not really sure why we're doing, I mean, wouldn't it be obvious because you would have to have a lot of Claritin. I don't really know this. I, I read it. You'd have to have a lot of Claritin D, right, to have that. So I, so I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. You also have to have your license if you're going to buy a weapon. Uh, recently, I bought a knife in uh, Tennessee, and I had to show my ID in order to get that so that I'd be old enough <laughs> to, to buy it, obviously. Uh, teenagers in Tennessee age quicker than those in North Carolina, obviously, is, is what that is. And obviously, they also have children that are also teenagers. Yet it kind of, I don't know how that works. But nonetheless, you had to do that. So you had to show your ID, and they, they write down your information. And I don't know where they put your information, some database in Tennessee to keep track of where that knife is. It's just kind of, kind of interesting to me that, that they would do that. And they did it in two different places. Like there's that big knife store. Knife works, right? They did it there, and they also did it at another place downtown, so I thought that was interesting. What that got me thinking was, you know, there's a lot of things that you could do damage with that you don't have to give your ID for. For instance, on Amazon, you can order cones, you know, directional traffic cones, and you can order a slew of them. Like, you can get a bunch of them for, like, $50. 
And so what you could do with those, which would cause a lot of inconvenience for people, you could take them out here to 801 and redirect traffic. <laughs> Just put them out there. Maybe this would be a nice little way to get people to come to our church on Sunday morning. We just kind of direct them into the parking lot and then kind of do a barrier. They have to stay here for a while, right? So you, like, but you don't have to show an ID on Amazon to buy that sort of thing. You know what else you don't have to show your ID for? A lot of stuff, right? But this is just my mind working, okay? Um, you know bike locks? You might have them. You lock your bike up against something. Do you know how dangerous bike locks really are? For instance, you, I don't know, you bought a whole case of bike locks, you know, on Amazon or whatever. And this would be kind of fun if I wasn't saved. You would, you, would t- you would take the bike lock and, you know, you would go up to Dunkin' Donuts, I don't know, maybe at 9 o'clock, and, oh, closed. <laughs> Think that through. You're closed right? Go up to different places and use these bike locks for different things, but you, you know, you don't have to have an ID. There's just a lot of stuff that you could be really dangerous with, with a great imagination, right? Just think of the possibilities, right? If you want to get even, right, with, with the people, and I like bikers, so don't, don't take it that way. This is just a joke. And if there was a, a slew of bikes together, you could put those bike locks together and lock them all together so that when they come out, they can't, right? You, you could do that. Or, or, or you could just go up to one bike that's just parked outside somewhere and just add an additional lock to it, right? That's what, oh, come on. Yeah, there, there I got one, got one. All of these things are not illegal to do. There is a law for me to get Claritin D, and I have to obey that law, but I can buy as many Bach likes as I want to, (laughs) bike locks as I want to, lock up a ton of stuff, right? There's no law against that, and there's no law against having traffic cones. Just think of it at Black Friday, ladies, right? Go the night before and pick your parking space. Put the little, you know, traffic cones out. You drive up to Walmart, right? Get your friend to get out, open up the space, slide right in, and there you go. Voila, right? How many opportunities would we have to actually do some cool kind of not so nice stuff in in the world. So with that in mind, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I know some of you are wondering, who do we have as our pastor? And that's okay. I'm saved. So when I say stuff like, it's a good thing I'm saved, I'm giving you reasons why that is, why that is a good thing. Yeah, that I'm saved. Okay, 1 John chapter 3. And I want you to look at the first part of verse 7. And this is what it says. Little children, let no one deceive you. Little children, let no one deceive you. Now, little children 
isn't the kids in our preschool, it isn't the kids over in our children's worship center that are worshiping right now, it's us. John is saying, the people that have led to the Lord, the people that know me, the people that have been a part of my church, little children, he refers to them as little children, his children, the people he invests in. He says, let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you. What is happening is that there are false teachers in John's environment that are teaching things that aren't true. And in this particular passage of Scripture, from verse 4 all the way to verse 10, there are false teachers that are teaching people that sin is okay to do. So some things that they knew was wrong to do, these false teachers are now saying that it's okay to do in the culture they live in right now. It's a deception. So it, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. Somebody has said that they have homosexual tendencies. I know I just went there. I know I did. But we should be okay with that because it is how they are designed and it's the way that they should express love. And so we have a narrative that says because we love people and because that person is, quote unquote, designed a certain way, that they should be able to be attracted to whoever they feel attracted to. And let me tell you something, that sounds really good. It sounds really good. I know you're shocked I said, it sounds really good. You have love, don't you love those people? Don't you care for those people? Don't you, don't you, are you tracking with me? And so all of a sudden we have a false teaching in our culture that says something that's been wrong for years is now right. And so we've gone the steps in our culture to change the definition of marriage, to change this, to change that, to change all of this. That is a false teaching. And he says right here, that's the type of false teaching that was being taught. That false teaching is wrong, but we are deceived into making it feel like it's okay or feel like that sin is not as bad as we thought it was 10 years ago. Is everybody tracking? So, so, we, so they have this environment where they are being deceived and Christians are becoming confused as to what sin is and what sin isn't. So they're being deceived. This is a blatant disregard for the commandments of God. A blatant disregard for it. So there's... There's other ones too. It's not, it's not just the homosexuality. I just bring that up because that seems to be the most prominent one. Fair enough? It's also other ones. It's okay that this person lied or cheated or stole or hit this person because, and they fill in the blank. So what used to be horrible for people to do is now okay for people to do. 
And the longer that we hear these voices that are saying that this sin is okay and it's not really sin, it's not really that bad, you're okay if you do it, you're designed that way, so we're going to put up with it. The longer that we go down that train of thought, the more sin is going to enter into society. We are going to be deceived what is, concerning what is right and what is wrong, and we're going to go down a path that is far away from what the Bible teaches as right and wrong. So 1 John chapter 3 says, little children, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. What makes this worse is we have people that support the sins. Come on. We have people that support the sins. So, for instance, the Bible clearly states clearly states that it is a sin to be drunk. It is a sin to be drunk. But there's a a certain portion of our society that says, hey, partying isn't bad, and if you get wasted, that's fine. In fact, wasted people get laughed at the next day as if that was something cool that they did, passed out on the floor. That is false teaching. It's called, oh, coolness. Under the, under the thing of coolness, here's this person passed out. Listen, that person that is passed out on the floor has done some very destructive things to the inside of their body. There is a reason God doesn't want us to be drunk. There is a reason, and it has to do with health. I know the Bible says a little wine for the, for the stomach, and I'm cool with that. I'm really cool with that, to be honest with you, because it's in the Bible. And it doesn't matter what I feel about it. I'm cool with it. But a little doesn't get you passed out on the floor. A little doesn't get you in your car to where you're driving and you're taking other people's lives out of this world. Come on, church. Drunkenness is wrong. And we could list the sins in Scripture over and over again. But there are people that are just okay with it. There are people that support the sin. There are people that reinforce the false teaching that is happening in our culture. And he says here in the center of his message, little children, in other words, believers in Jesus Christ, do not be deceived. Sin is sin and righteousness is righteousness and they do not go together. They do not go together. So it's, it's a sin sort of thing happening. Now, check out these verses. 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 4 says this. Everyone who practice, makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Chapter 3, verse 10, the second portion of that says this, by this it is evident, wait, I'm sorry, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Now let me put that together for you, okay? Verse four, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. If you're calling sin right and you're practicing sin, you're living lawlessly. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of who? God. 
nor is the one who does not love his brother. So here it is, if you're living in sin and you're making a practice of sinning, you are not of God. It is very clear here, you're not of God. And if you do not love your Christian brother, you're not of God either. Those are two very difficult things to comprehend. Now, let me pause here to say, earlier in this, in this book, um, he says that there's no one that is without sin. Everybody sins, okay? Here he's saying practice. That means manufactures sin, the Greek word there, manufactures sin. For instance, Ashley Furniture, which is the largest furniture company in the world, they have it on their sign. As you go down the road, it's there. So I know this to be true, right? I, right, right. It's absolutely true. They manufacture furniture. You do not go to Ashley Furniture and ask for a McDonald's hamburger. They don't make those there. You do not go to Ashley Furniture and pick up, you know, a couple of cases of Pepsi. You don't go there to do that. They do not manufacture Pepsi in that plant. You go to that plant because they manufacture furniture. That is what they do. That is what they are known for. Here in this passage of Scripture, when it says practices, it means the sin that you are known for. The sin that you are known for. What sin are you known for? Are you known for a sin? There's some of us, some of us in the room that aren't known for a sin because we try to practice righteousness, right? Do we sin? Yes, but we have an intent of practicing righteousness. There's some people in the room that might be known for the sin that they commit. We know this because women talk from time to time. And men have prayer requests. Pray for such and so-and-so, or I cannot believe that they blah, 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 blah. It's the same thing. You are known, people are known for sin. And if you're known because of a sin, chances are you are practicing it and you are manufacturing it in your life. And if it is a way of life for you to do that sin every single day to where it's part of what is known about you, this scripture says you are not of God. You're just not of God. You're not of God. Chapter 3, verse 5 says this. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. That's Jesus Christ. In him, there is no sin. Jesus Christ appeared to take away sin. And in him is no sin. Look at... um. I'm, in the, I'm on the next one. Chapter 3, verse 10a. I think it is. Yeah. Well, 8. Look at chapter 3, verse 8, the second portion of it. This is what the scripture says. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Why did Jesus come? Did he come to say, 
okay, we're just going to allow sin to continue to live and continue to have some vibrancy, and, and I'm just going to try to just take people to my side of things. Or did he come to destroy sin? Right, he came to destroy sin. He came to knock it out. He came to give you victory over the sin that so easily besets you. He came to give you that power. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary so that there would be a punishment for the sin that you commit. He rose the third day so that you could live a different sort of life than the one that you did before you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Jesus Christ gave it all to you so that you could live in righteousness and in his family and as a child of God. If you do not live that way and if you abide in sin and if that is where you live, you are not his child. This is very strong scripture, isn't it? You are not his child and you're not a part of his family. You see, at the end of the day, absolutely matters where you live. It absolutely matters where you live and what you do. Look at verse 6 of chapter 3. It says this. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning, making it a way of life, has either seen him or known him. Look at verse 7 halfway through. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. It matters where you live. So you and I are either living in sin with the devil or we are over here living with Jesus and living a new life. So with that said, I want to kind of show you something that might bring this point a little home to you, okay? So here we go. Well, well, well. Hey, Dad. Where have you been, young man? I was just, you know. You were out with those church friends of yours again, weren't you? Yes. How dare you tell the truth to my face? I knew those kids would be a good influence on you. I'm sorry. I thought it wouldn't be. Hang on, hang on. Did you just apologize? You better watch yourself, bucko. I don't like this whole humble attitude you got. Okay, Dad. Don't take that sincere tone with me. I'm your father. I deserve some disrespect. Now tell me, what were your kids doing, huh? Were you attending a worship service? No. Are you lying to me? Yes. Good. <laughs> so how many prayers did you do? I don't know. It's all a blur. Uh-huh. And uh, were people singing worship songs? <laughs> 
Yeah, they're called hymns. I don't care what the kids are calling it these days. Did you sing praises to a higher power? Yes, I sang praises. Don't you not raise your voice when you're talking to me. Yes, I sang praises. Huh? And what were the kids passing around, huh? Bibles, Jesus tracks, David Crowder CDs. I don't know, Dad. One of the other guys might have had one. And was there a Bible? Yes, there was a Bible. And I read from it twice. I don't even know you anymore. You come home, confess to these absolutely wholesome, righteous actions. What about you, Dad? When was the last time you did anything evil? Oh, don't try to turn this on me. You know good and well I lead people into darkness every day. Every day! I may not be perfect at it, but, uh, well, not being perfect is also kind of the goal. I just want to live my life. Oh, oh, you want agency now? Freedom from bondage and oppression? You are tearing this family apart. So at least you're doing one thing I approve of. I'm just so tired of being bad all the time. I just want to see what else is out there. Oh, oh you want to know what else is out there? I'll tell you what's out there. A life of joy and happiness. Is that what you want? Maybe. Fine, then go, but don't come crawling back here when you realize you've become a delightful person. Fine. I hate this darn place anyway. Oh, you watch your mouth. We swear in this house. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Good riddance. Well, at least he left on bad terms. I'm sorry I got upset. No! <laughs> I, th I think this is a very serious issue. I think Christians often think that some things that they are doing are, is correct and, and not sin, and so they're continuing to do it because they were taught that. But they're acting uncharacteristically of a Christian. This was kind of a funny skit, wasn't it? If Satan actually could have a son, this might be a conversation that they would have. Because all children rebel, right? Is it possible that your children wouldn't rebel? At least to a particular extent, maybe? I don't know. I'm still working on all that, right? But it matters where you live. It matters what you do. It matters how you represent the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. This is a list of 667 sins from the Bible. Did you know it was that many? Most people think it's just 10. Or maybe it's 50, or maybe it's 20. This is 667. Now, I tried my best to merge some together to make it 666. <laughs> God wrote the book, right? 667 sins. This is what I know. There are some things that I do because the Bible tells me that is what I'm supposed to do, and I feel out of place while I'm doing them. 
There are some stands that I have to take because the Bible says that it's a stand that I need to take as a child of his and act a certain way that I feel out of place in the culture when I take that stand. There are certain things that I make myself not do. Buy cones on Amazon. Buy bike things to put in people. People are, there's things that I cause myself not to do, though I feel like doing it, because I know that that would be wrong to do. 667 sins. How many are you familiar with? How many are you familiar with? 667. I'll tell you this, as I was reading through this, I got kind of convicted. There are some things in this list that I didn't even know was a sin that I have done recently. 667. This made me very thankful for the grace of God and the mercy that he has for me. But at the same time, what a challenge. And if you do not battle sin every day of your life as a Christian, that sin is going to overcome you and that is the direction you're gonna go in. You will not naturally go the right way with Jesus. You will not do it. You have to fight for it and you have to make in your mind, change your mind to where you are going in that direction or you will not go in that direction. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. So, 1 John chapter three, let's go all the way to the end of that passage to chapter, to verse 10. Chapter 3, verse 10. And it says this. I'll read the whole thing. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother, or the one who does not love his brother. In this list of stuff here, there are 26 sins that you can commit against your brother or sister in Christ. 26. And if this passage tells me to love my brother and sister in Christ, then my first stop is going to be right here to try to make sure that I'm not doing these. Is that fair enough? And to fight, not to do these. Let me give you a couple. Actually, I might give you all 26. It's just what I feel like. Fair enough? Okay. Being against a child of God. If you are against a child of God, you're committing a sin. If you're causing a child of God to sin, that is a great sin. In other words, if you have invited another believer to come and participate in a sin, You have committed a great sin, the Bible says. Deceiving a child of God. If you make it a point to lie to your brother and sister in Christ, that's a sin. Despising one of God's children. Despising one of God's children. Enticing a child of God to turn away from God. Enticing a child of God through their lust and desires. Kind of hindering or beating God's servants. I like that one. 
hindering or beating one of God's servants, judging God's servants, laying in wait to accuse one of God's servants. You know, I'll forgive them, but I'm waiting for them to mess up the next time so that I can point my finger. That's a sin. Not clothing God's children that have need. Like if there's a person that has need for clothing, it's a sin not to help them out. Not feeding God's children that are hungry. Not receiving a child of God sent by God to you. Not taking in a homeless child of God. Not visiting God's children that are sick. Not visiting God's children in prison. Offending the child of God. Persecuting a child of God. Putting stumbling blocks in the path of God's children. Refusing to hear God's servants. Speaking against God's children. Submitting, uh, yes, smiting God's children. Sowing any form of discord among God's children. Thinking evil in your heart against God's children. Threatening God's people. Touching God's servants. Zealous for God, but hate God's children. 26 of those. Any one of these means that you do not love a brother and sister in Christ if you're doing any of these. And here in this passage of scripture, it makes a clear distinction between people that are of God and people that aren't of God. And the ones that are not of God are the ones that hate and hold grudges and persecute and do all sorts of things against other believers. Isn't that convicting? Oh my goodness. So, so convicting. Now listen, I'm not required to go with and support a, fe a fellow brother or sister that is in sin. I'm not required to support them. Look, you just keep on stealing from that bank. It'll be all right. I'm behind you 100%. I'm not required to do that. However, I am required to continue to love them. I am required to continue to pray for them. I am required to be open for the moment that they decide to turn and come back to God. I am required not to build up some sort of hatred, some sort of grudging, some sort of wall between me and them because of their sin. I'm required not to do that. I don't have to support them in their sin, but I can't close the door for them coming back. Loving God's children means that you love them as God first loved you. It means that you forgive them as God has forgiven you. That's what that means. And when we forgive, it's not, I love them but, I love them but, I love them but. It's not that. I love them because they are a child of God. They are in my family. And the moment that they want to come back is the moment that I'm going to receive them back. And that is one of them calling right now to do just that. <laughs> Hello, we're at church. Come on over, right? So who is it 
in your life that is a believer that you really don't care for, you really don't like, and if you were really honest this morning to the person next to you, you would say, I really hold a grudge against that person, and I really hate them, and I really don't want to be around them, and I don't want them to be any part of my life, and I don't want them, I don't want them, I don't want them. If you have listed any of that, you do not love that child of God like you are supposed to. Now, there are people that you and I are not going to hang around that are children of God, right? You can, you can, this isn't a trick question. There, there are people like that. But you cannot close off your heart to them. You have no idea the grace and the mercy that God has given to that person that you might not like, that you might hate, and the journey that he has them on to get them closer to him. And your hardness could be a preventative from them coming back to Christ. Right? So I know Christians lie. I've been lied to a lot. And I'll tell you this, I've been lied to a lot at this church by people. Come on, I know that makes you uncomfortable. And some of you wondered if I really took it or not as truth. That's that person calling back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, give it to me next time and I'll talk to him. Yeah. Hey, I'm in the middle of a message, so hey, go just one moment. I'm going to hold this up here so I can preach to you. Bob, I've had that happen to me before at pastor's conferences and stuff too, so I'm just having a little fun and you know who I am. Anyway, I'm not going to hold it against you or build a wall or hate you or whatever because of the scripture. So. so back to this. Look, you need to love your brothers and sisters in Christ regardless. Regardless. You don't have to approve of their sin. You don't have to support of their sin, but you have to love them regardless. Who is it in your life that you're giving a cold shoulder to? Who is it in your life that you're not acting correctly around? Who is it in your life that you are just not extending the common courtesy and the command of God to love to them like you should? That is the person you need to wrestle and beg God to move in your life so that you can be released from that so that you can forgive them and love them like you're supposed to as a child of God. Amen? That is what you're supposed to do. It matters where you live. It matters where you live. I'll close with this. A couple of years ago, people wanted to save the polar bears. I think it has to do with the Coca-Cola commercial. Right? At Christmas time. We can go to that next shot. At Christmas time, right? The polar bears just look as nice as they can be, don't they? In those commercials, they're just drinking Coca-Cola and having a good time as a family. And so we want to save these polar bears. I want you to know that it would be very out of place for you and a polar bear to be on a iceberg. One of the two of you isn't going to survive that experience. And my money is on the polar bear. He will maul you and eat you, and he's not as co- he's not 
He's not as kind as you think he is. And as soon as he's finished eating you, he will wash it down with a nice cold (laughs) Coca-Cola. We need to understand that the devil goes around as a lion. And it's not the lion of Judah. It is a dangerous lion for the children of God. And when he makes you, causes you, convinces you to sin, you are messing with a polar bear and he is going to devour you. He is going to cause destruction in your life. So all these sins that we have, that we kind of make them right when they're really wrong, he wants you to do that because he knows those sins are destructive to your very soul. You need to beware. And let me tell you something. When he takes a Christian down, he washes it down with a Coca-Cola. Recently, and I'm making a judgment here. I think the guy has taken some steps to correct this problem. One of my favorite comedians has fallen. His name is John Christ. You may have read about it. There's some things that he has, he has been involved with that I'm going to have to say is definitely sinful. But for some reason or not, not, he thought that it was the thing to do at the time. But it's definitely not the thing to do, the things that we should participate in. Whereas I am very much against his sin, I am praying for him today that one day, and he might already be on this path, will turn back to God, get his life right, because that boy is talented. He is so talented and so valuable to God. But what has happened is he messed with the polar bear on the piece of ice, and he got devoured. You and I are no different We're no different. You do not mess with sin in your life. You put it as far away from you as you possibly can, and you fight it, and you fight it, and you fight it to stay faithful to Jesus Christ and what he has called you to do. I want to be known, not as Philip in this particular sin, I want to be known as Philip, the child of God, made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I believe that there are people in this room that want the same thing for their lives. And our God is gracious and merciful to forgive you your sins if you confess, welcome you back home so that you, starting today, can live that life from here on out. And that is an amazing thing, an amazing thing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.